I, uh, I try to listen for something, for a word, and, and for whatever reason, the word prepare came to mind. And um, so this is where, that's where this all began. Um, and in life, we prepare for many things. Um, many of you have prepared and made arrangements to watch the Super Bowl this afternoon. You know, you've figured out what kind of food you're going to have. You've prepared for the friends or family that you're going to be with. Um, you know, you um, uh, and many other things in life that, that we prepared for, you know, job opportunities. Um, uh, you prepare to go to college. You prepare for your test in, in school, uh, youth, you... Um, you know, prepare for finances, um, for retirement, for emergency funding. Um, we prepare for healthy eating. We we food prep for the following week. Um, um, uh, it's tax season is upon us, so we do tax preparation stuff. Um, you know, and and this is just to name a few things. I mean, the list can go on and on and on of the things that we prepare for in this physical life. But what kind of spiritual preparation are you doing day to day? So, if you have 2 Timothy chapter 3 found, um, we're going to start there in verse 1. Before we start, I would like to open us up in prayer again. Um, I don't think you can pray too much for God's Spirit to move. So, if you would, uh, bow with me. Uh, Heavenly Father, I um, am grateful for this opportunity to, to, f- to fill this uh, pulpit and, and to share a little bit about of what I feel like you've laid on my heart. And, and um, God, it, it, it really doesn't, it's, uh, it's not about me. Um, Father, I just ask that your Holy Spirit would move, that it would um, convict and correct and rebuke and lead us to righteousness, lead us to a deeper knowledge of who you are. Um, And that's all through your doing and your work and your power. Uh, Just help me be a vessel of that, God, so that when we leave here today, that we know we have heard from you. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. So, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, Without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Uh, This is Paul's writing to Timothy. Um his second writing to Timothy, and he is giving Timothy 
almost a what not to do, what, who not to hang out with, the people to watch out for. And it, you see in verse 25 there in chapter 2 um, that these type of people, this is just a continuous flow of a thought, opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. So it's not necessarily that, that Paul is telling Timothy, you know, don't even talk to these people. He's just saying don't get sucked up into the bad things that they're doing, into the sin that they're trapped in. There in verse 5 when he says, have nothing to do with such people. Um, he wants him to gently instruct them. <clears throat> now, um, my conviction when I read this was, if I can see little bits and pieces of those sin, of, of that sin in my life, how am I doing what Jesus Christ has called me to do? Know Him and make Him known to other people. If I am loving myself more, if I'm loving money more, if I'm loving materialistic things, if I'm boastful, if I'm proud, if I'm ungrateful, I am unholy without Jesus Christ. And at times without love, unforgiving, without self-control, conceited, a lover of anything but God at times. How am I preparing the generation before me? Or the generation that comes after me? Sorry. It's a, you know, it's a thing of repentance to, to, to read God's Word, to see where He's convicting me, to see where He's asking me to change, and then repent, change direction, to move away from those things. Without God's Word, I can't prepare my children for the, for the correct path that they're supposed to follow. And, and you are the same. We must allow God to prepare us away or to move us away from our sin. So this is Paul's example of what not to do, not what not to become, not, not who to not get sucked into. So then when you skip over to verse 10, we'll start there, chapter 3, verse 10. It says, you, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, suffering, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from them all. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. So Paul is telling Timothy, here is what this should look like. You can look at me for an example. I have been an example to you 
through Jesus Christ's example to me of what you should be. I have tried to prepare you for a life of following Christ that, so that when life's storms come, you're not caught off guard. But you see, Paul talks there about his teaching and his way of life, his purpose. He had to be taught by somebody. I mean, all of that was not just you know him by himself. Paul was a Pharisee before, so there was lots of people pouring the Old Testament, what we see as the Old Testament now, into Paul to prepare him for a life. At that time, little did Paul know that Jesus would come and, and turn his life upside down to what he thought that he was taught. But somebody poured into Paul. Paul poured into himself by reading God's Word. And then he was persecuted. So I thought, when was the last time I was persecuted? When was the last time that I was ridiculed for my faith? And, you know, the, the likelihood of, of me preaching the gospel in public to somebody at the hospital and then them taking me outside and stoning me, probably not going to happen. You know, but if, you know, if I'm not seeing these things, which Paul is very blunt and, you know, (laughs) everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. That's straightforward. So then, if those things are not happening to me, then really, am I doing enough? Am I saying enough? Maybe, maybe there's something in my life that God wants to change to prepare me again for life here, hereafter. I mean, God is the one that created me, who knows me better than He knows than I than I know myself. So, am I reading His Word and allowing it to change me? Am am I furthering my relationship with God in order to do the things that He has called me to do. I mean, after all, again, He created me. Doesn't He know what's best for me? Doesn't He know how He created me? What He put inside of me for me to do? Absolutely. I'm out of water. Um, Verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and how you ha- and and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scripture, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Paul is reminding Timothy, remember the things that you have read for yourself. 
and also remember the people that have poured into you. Remember the preparation of God's Word. And remember the people who have prepared you for your next step in life. That um, verse 15. How from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Paul is not saying there that just a knowledge of Jesus Christ and a knowledge of Jesus Christ alone is enough for salvation. It is a wisdom that comes from God's Word that leads you to a faith in Christ Jesus. So how can we know Jesus Christ unless we were reading His Word, and we are allowing the people that are around us to pour into us. So who are you pouring into today? You know, if you cannot be prepared for the storms of life that are clearly coming in many forms, the Bible is very clear, it doesn't say If you have a storm, it says when you have a storm. Are you prepared for that storm? Do you know your Creator? With a heart knowledge, not a head knowledge. Because the storm, there is a devil, there is an enemy. The Bible says He's looking to kill, steal, and destroy. And if you knew there was a guy that was outside your house that was going to attack the next person that left, would you not be prepared? Absolutely. You would be prepared. How would you prepare? You get a gun. You call the police. You would would tell your family. You would... You would have a debriefing. Don't don't leave the house. There's a guy outside. The devil is real. The enemy is real. And he does not want you to have a relationship with your Creator. But the good news is, Jesus Christ has already defeated him. But we must know him. We must know Jesus Christ in order to be a part of That win. Jesus does not call us to have just a faith and an understanding of Him at surface level. The Bible talks about your sanctification. Working out your salvation. That doesn't mean that you work for your salvation, but that you have salvation and you continue to grow closer to your Creator in that. So I'm asking you, do you have a deep knowledge and an understanding of your Creator? Do you know who gave you life? Not just a physical life, but hopefully a spiritual life. 
Jesus Christ called us to be born again. A new creation. Let's continue in verse 16. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Teaching. Here is the best way. God uses the Scripture to say, here, here is the best way to do this. Rebuking. Do not do that again. Don't do that again. Correcting. You are on the wrong path. Turn here. And fast. Training in righteousness. Let me show you how to prepare for more of me. Let God prepare you for more of Him so that you can pour in to the generation that comes after you. All of this so that, 17, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Who here considers himself to be a servant of God? Are you equipped? The Bible here doesn't say for most works, for some of the works, for part of the works. What word does it use? Every good work. All of the good work for, that God has prepared for you and for you alone. There are things and people in this life that, that He created you, He designed you, and it's for you and for you alone. Are you letting God's Word prepare you for your next step in life? If, and if God's Word's not changing you, then how do you change other people? Most likely, we are going to affect the people who are most like us or used to be most like us. And if we're never changed, how can we affect those that are like us? We'll continue a couple of verses into chapter 4 here. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of His appearing and His kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the Word. Be prepared. Correct, rebuke, and encourage. Be prepared whether you think it's time or whether you think it could be the furthest from times. You never know when to encounter the storm. We never know when we're going to have that meeting with that person that just needs encouragement. Paul continued there and says, be patient and give careful instruction. 
So, why might we not be doing these things? Why might we not be reading God's Word and allowing it to prepare us so that we can prepare the generation that comes behind us? I think we have become a culture of Christians like chapter 3, verse 5. If you would look back at chapter 3, verse 5. We just read that. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. We say that we believe that this is the Word of God. We say that we believe that God is the one Creator of all the universe. But we never talk to Him. We never dig in here and allow Him to change us. And through that, no evidence ever comes forth. If we believe that this is God's Word and is the best way for me to live my life according to the One who created me, the One who knows me better than I know myself, why aren't we reading it? Why aren't we letting it change us? Every day, multiple times a day. More than just taking it in one hour a week. So where is the fire and the belief and the proof of faith and action that the book of James talks about? Have we forgot this main principle, which is what the entirety of the Bible points to? John chapter 14. <clears throat> Have we forgot this? This. The entirety of the Bible points to this. Every page of it points to this. If you're there, say I'm there. John chapter 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will, not, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. We shouldn't be scared of life storms if we're prepared for them. Jesus goes before us. He's already won the battle. But he's, he's gone right now to prepare a place for you so that where He is, you may be also. That's all Jesus Christ wants. That's the reason that He came to earth was so that we as humans could be where the Creator is. And while we're here on this earth, this is the one, of, one of the forms of preparation. Reading His Word. Getting to know Him more. 
I can't help but ask, but have we forgot the good news? Or do we, do we just have a head knowledge of it and we just have a form of godliness, but then when it really boils down to it, we don't really believe, we don't, we don't show a faith that moves, a faith in action. It's just words. This side of life is not the end. Jesus has defeated death. He's already won the battle for you. Just get to know Him. Talk to Him. And again, read His Word. I'm going to read a little piece out of 1 Timothy. This is Paul's first writing to Timothy. And here is some more good news. That if we have not been doing these things, there is a time now to turn, repent, and come back to Him. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. He says, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display His immense patience as an example for those who would believe in Him and receive eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus Christ came in the world to save sinners. Paul says He is the worst sinner that was to walk the face of the earth. But even for even in that reasoning, He was shown mercy. Jesus Christ showed an immense patience. He will do you the same way. I am going to wrap up now if you all want to come back and play. We have a couple of songs to sing. Um, you know, if you, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that's your first step. There's no other step before you besides surrendering your life to Him. So if you don't know that, please come. I would love to talk to you. Stuart's here. Many other deacons here. You know, we, we can find somebody that would, that would talk to you. If, if any of this hit home, and there's something that you and God need to handle by yourself, that's fine. The altar's here. Come and take care of it. If your soul is convicted, if something on the inside of you is telling you to move, please move. Please move. Today's the day. If y'all would, please stand.